What's up, guys? We're back again this week. High Street Freaks, me and Ryan. Uh, I mean, it is. I we're not in the same like remote location, like not even remotely. So you have no idea how the weather is in Columbus right now. But it is just, you know, those days where it just like magically turns to spring and like everyone breaks oh, out yeah. their shorts, and that's what it is today. And it is just glorious. So we are uh, basking in that in Columbus. So uh, you, I you've love been basking it, like, in that for like forever. Well, yeah, I mean, Argentina is pretty nice weather. It is about to get quote unquote cold here. Uh, yeah. I will say, which like today is like 75. It's been a beautiful day. It's actually 80 today. I haven't been outside much today. I've been working like crazy, but um, you know, in the content minds, uh, as you guys would expect, but um, no, it's going to, it's going to drop to like mid sixties to low seventies the next like few weeks, which is like pretty yeah. much autumn here. It really is not going to drop below 60 on a daily basis until like July. Um, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> The crazy part is, but I was just talking with a client about this today. The same temperature, it, like April's the funniest month, like March and April, because the same temperature in Ohio, people are like, oh, fuck yeah, I'm breaking out the shorts, where people <laughs> in Florida are like, oh, shit, I got to put my puffer coat on when last time this year. Yeah. And it's like the exact same temperature. It's so funny. It just, I mean, yeah. just uh, just completely different reactions, but that's uh, that's to be expected, I guess. Yeah, I'm, I'm happy for you guys. I think it's getting gorgeous up there. Um, I think I, I think I do now have soft plants in my return to the United States. I'm being extradited by uh before too wow. long here. So yeah, you guys will wow. see it up there not, not too long from now. Craziness. Probably just in time for it to be cold again. <laughs> before then, thankfully, I'll get a couple of nice months of nice weather, but uh, I will not soak in the full summer now. We're, we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I don't know. I'm not I don't want to reveal too much on my location, but I might end up doing like two weeks of remote work in Mexico with some coworkers, which would be cool. Okay. So I might just keep the whole summer thing going for the rest of my life. I don't know. I'll yeah, just, I mean, well, who wouldn't, you know, there's a reason why least, there's a reason uh, why people who, who have money live in like LA, you know, like, yeah, it, it, yeah. <laughs> just, I, I, I've always, I've always heard the joke like, Oh, I like seasons. It's like, I do too. I just skip the shitty ones, you know, like, yeah, yeah, of course. Like there is, I will say, man, if, if you have, if you're someone listening to this who has a remote job, it doesn't have like kids where you're tied to a place. If you are not like doing some traveling and like going, like I think you are missing oh, yeah. out on a huge opportunity if you are not like living internationally for a while. It's the best thing I've ever done in my entire life. Like hands down, taking the choice to go live in South America is the best choice I ever made. Um, I cannot recommend it highly enough if you're on the fence about it or thinking about it. If you're like someone thinking about doing remote work or have like had this thought lurk in your head, you want to ping me about it, hit me up the message boards, I'll answer questions for you about it. It's the best. <laughs> you cannot beat it. Yeah. I mean, even just like if you're if you're not like into if you don't want to pick like one location or anything like that i cannot emphasize yeah. enough just like go somewhere and travel like take weeks or whatever like 100 even if it's in the united states like you know how many people just live their entire lives in just like one town or like within like a two-hour radius of like one area like just go somewhere yeah yeah it's there's nothing better to do for you i mean cheers to them like i guess that some people are i mean like you know, this is going to sound shitty. I love my family. That's like it's, and I love seeing them all that stuff. But like, I never felt like I need to be around my family as an adult to like really appreciate them as much. Like, maybe that'll change when I get older and have a kid or something. But like, dude, right now the choice to just travel around and bop around has been amazing. It's been a huge, yeah. it's been a huge benefit. And like, I think there's so much life experience you get. I have like friends from all over the world now because when you're doing that, you're meeting other people who are doing the same thing because naturally right. you're trying to draw in the same place as they are. So like. I mean, I've picked up friends from like 20 different countries in like the few months I've been living here. It's, it's, right. it's yeah, it's cool. But um, no, man. Yeah. So I think we got a little analysis about the episode today. I think 
So people figured this out by virtue of, of uh, him not being on the podcast for six weeks. But our good friend DJ, uh, you guys may know as the rooster, um, it has has left the podcast, left me at midfield. Um, this is a subscribers only podcast for now. So it's going to get unlocked later in the week. So people will hear this later on. But you guys want to hear this first from us. We're going to post about that support very soon. Basically, DJ is stepping away from the project. Um, we have an announcement on next steps coming very soon, kind of what that means. The short answer is it's the media midfield you know and love. It's not changing too much. But DJ, it's all amicable, of course. He's still one of our best friends. It's just uh, he's focusing more on his political writings and his time there, which is 100%. You know, it's his it's his, his baby, right? You know, the Rooster's doing really well. We're pumped for him. He wants to keep nurturing it and growing it. And that's where his, his heart's at. He's growing it, and it's succeeding. And... Um, yeah, we're pumped for him. It's just kind of a little change for, for the way Mini Mini Hustle be structured. Me and Kevin are still there. Um, team's still there. Just things are shifting around slightly, which is cool. We're happy for DJ. Uh, we love him. You know, it's all good. Yeah, I mean, don't really have anything else to say. I think it's wild that, uh, sorry, sorry that this is like six weeks after the fact and we've just been kind of coasting with it, but you know, it, it happens. Yeah, it yeah. Happens. <laughs> I don't think. Well, like, part that, of it was like, it's just a temporary thing that I was like a permanent thing. And then, yeah. <laughs> yeah, then we had to figure out what the hell we're doing. But yeah, I mean, um, yeah, we did a trial separation, but you know, he wanted me to keep the kid for a while. I have still a full custody <laughs> of Kevin. So <laughs> yeah, man, yeah, don't yeah, weekend yeah. hesitation rates. Yeah. yeah, that's, that's, that's how it goes. But I mean, really. Not much is going to change. I'm sure we, there will be uh, announcements and such. Uh, well, I know there will in, in the future. But, um, I mean, functionally, this is the same podcast that you guys have been listening to for the past, like, six weeks because, uh, you know, this this change has happened, uh, like, like six weeks ago. So, um, but now it's just official. Uh, obviously, like, no hard feelings or anything like that. But, um, you know, it's, it's uh, about time to, uh, you know announce it and fill you guys in on it <clears throat> if you haven't figured it out by now like props to you just you just had no idea what D the dj was missing yeah. from uh just vibing yeah yeah <laughs> yeah just uh i mean knowing dj there's a chance that he could have just like gone mia for six weeks and then just magically parachuted back in and nobody would have blinked but um that's that's not really what's happening so uh but yeah I mean, he was out there posting his screeds from uh from dublin yeah. Uh, and also I think from London, uh, you know, laughing about the queen being dead, but he was in London. That was enjoyable for me. I had yeah. some fun with that. Yeah. That is, uh, the DJ we love to know is, uh, is back and has really never left. So, um, yeah, he's still the can, real slip you, shady. Yeah. You, <laughs> and you can still get his, uh, his content, um, on, on the rooster, his, his baby, his political, his political takes. You just, uh, will be spared his political takes on Ryan Day on this podcast from here on out. So 100%. Um, well, cool, man. We got some fun stuff coming today, too, by the way. I'm pumped about. Uh, you and I are going to get into a little... Basically, look, we're going to we're gonna be the GMs of the Ohio State roster. We're going to be processing some players today. Yeah, uh, man. That is our objective. So, so I love <laughs> this. I think a lot of times, like, when we do a premium podcast... It's just like we'll say some things on it that like we maybe wouldn't say like publicly or something like that. But I feel like this is one of the best like premium episodes because this is straight up something that no other podcast will do because there's like a taboo around like this subject and like, you know. Yeah, well, they got to like, talk to the kids, right? You, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And so like they can't just be like, oh, I think, you know. Ohio State should process Trey LaRue and then go in and like have to talk to him. So like 
that's that yeah. that is a problem and he but, does with how well he's playing he has a lot of interviews too <laughs> but uh but but the, the thing is the thing is like i don't have a problem with it because literally everybody is thinking this in like your text messages to your friends you're thinking it like you're talking about it like ohio state's above the scholarship limit like you're looking at it like uh, you know who who's going to be gone like everybody everybody who is an ohio state fan has had a conversation about this and yet somehow like back in the 11 warriors days anytime somebody would like bring it up in the forums they'd get like blasted and be like how dare you talk about that and speak ill of a kid like that it's like come on like everybody's talking about this the coaches are talking about this i'm sure it's an open thing in practice it's like eh, some of you aren't going to be here come come uh fall but i mean yeah it is what it is so <laughs> we're look to your right about... look to your left right. uh yeah, I mean, look, these kids got to get processed, right? We're 89 scholarships in the roster. Someone's got to get, someone's got to go. Like, not everyone can stay. Right. There's also, we'll talk about this in a second here. There's probably a couple transfers coming in. So there's probably six kids from the current roster who are not going to be here when the transfer portal window opens. We're going to get into all that in a second. Before we do, talk about something we're not going to process our beloved home field apparel, Kevin. Um, you're wearing it right now. I'm wearing it right now. We both have home field shirts on. It's crazy that happens every time we record that we're both yeah, wearing it's, home field it's, shirts. It's the wildest thing. Um, I actually had to lend a home field shirt to a friend, uh, this week because it, it basically a friend of mine, we got a little boozy and didn't want to drive home. So she stayed on over my house and I had to lend a t-shirt for the next day. And I was offered a couple options. She said, this one's so soft. Holy shit. How can I, how can I not pick this one? Word so, for word. Home field, oh, I mean, literally word for word, except it was in Spanish, but yeah, you get the idea. Yeah. Um, home field. Look, it, the, the shirts are so good, they will be stolen from you. That's the problem with them. That's why we're constantly buying new ones, is we just are continuously robbed by, by a series of thieves coming yeah. for our beautifully soft home field apparel shirts. Um, and unfortunately, we've already used our code, Meet at Midfield, so many times they banned us from using it. But if you're you know buying your home field shirts for the first time, it is 15% off your first order. Just buy two of everything from Ohio State. Look at the Ohio State section, see whatever's available in every size. Buy two of every size, like Noah's Ark, and get them in your house to get to friends and loved ones and family and sleepover friends and whoever may be dates. Maybe if you're lucky, um, nobody buy some lucky. shirts, give them away, spread some love, share a Coke. Yeah, for sure. And I, I, I think that like, um, we is, is a company, we should work out something with home field apparel so that our code works for like the eighth purchase, like specifically the eighth Ooh. purchase or something like that. Like everyone else is going to yeah. be the first, but ours is the eighth. So we're, we're, we're going to work on that. Um, I know that everybody will be very happy about that. And uh, if, if we can get that in the works, but um, you know, I just, I feel like that would be a differentiator. We'll have to, to get the con get the contract out and uh, re rewrite our code for that. But as of now, it only works on your first purchase. Um, I think there was a, a little issue that they shared on Twitter of like somebody got caught making like, I think it was like 11 different emails to, purchase use the first time code or something like that and like man i i can't even knock that hustle for sure um yeah yeah i mean uh look you got to do it look you got to buy dozens of shirts everyone's doing it it's the, it's the vogue thing to do around the world uh, if you don't own dozens of home field shirts you're not cool no one thinks you're cool um you know how uh, you, you i mean you and i did the same thing went to ohio state did you ever go to the o patio for uh for beat the clock who didn't, man? It was Who didn't, dude? a remarkable the, the, place. 
the combination of beat the clock at Opatio, and then if you either were still young enough, you're in the dorms, you had blocks, or if you had friends who were young enough that had they're in the dorm had blocks to take you to Kennedy's for Chicken Finger Friday right afterwards God. to go from all you basically all you could drink beer for like twenty bucks to all you could eat chicken fingers for like you know free but virtually free. God, I mean, my God, what those were the, to... some of the best days of my life. So even when I didn't have blocks and I didn't like, I was like a fifth year senior. I used to go, God, this is sad. I used to go on Friday to KCOM and the prices were actually different for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. If you just like paid. And I think breakfast was like eight bucks. Lunch was maybe like 12 bucks. And then like dinner was like 17 bucks or something like that. I don't remember what it was, but I would go for breakfast, like right before they switched over to lunch and then just not leave. And I would just do work like it was back when I worked at 11 Warriors, too. Um, I'd just do work like throughout the entire day from KCOM. And it was on Friday. So I'd get the the, the chicken finger Friday as my dinner, too. Um, and it was like legitimately one of like the smartest things I ever did. Because, um, I mean, I got like I paid like eight bucks and then had I mean, they have like an ice cream machine. They have coffee. I would make like like some concoctions there. But um I mean, it was it. If you are in the Columbus, if you're in the campus area, and don't have blocks, that is the hustle. Go for like the late breakfast at like, I think it was like ten o'clock or something like that, and then uh, stay until lunch. Even if you like are paying out of your pocket, it's it's incredible. I legitimately liked KCOM food. Yeah, KCOM food. I mean, dude, those. Tell you what, it was like one of the first times I intentionally ate vegetarian meals where I had those like uh, yeah. bu- the buffalo cauliflower chicken nuggets. Remember those? They were they were damn uh, good. Yeah, I mean, just like a concept. I don't know. It was a different time. You know, 2012 was a different era. We used to just like <laughs> think the idea of eating vegetarian food was ridiculous, but those things were delicious. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. Dude, this is a premium pod. I can, I've been I've been dating a vegan girl down here. Um, I'm so sorry. Difficult. That's got to be. Rough. I mean, look, I, I'm a large man. Like it's pretty apparent. You look at me. I eat a fair bit of meat. We're in Argentina. I have like three or four more. No, I probably have like three more date ideas. Once we're out of these restaurants, like I guess we're just going to bars to hang out, or we're going back to the same restaurants. Uh, yeah, I don't have much left in the tank. Uh, yeah, I don't even space know where we go. Dinner dates. Yeah. Um, like I'm sure you could hypothetically get something vegan like anywhere, but like, man, I French fries and Oreos, dude. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um. Yeah, there is a pretty cool, cool spot here. This is a hot tip. Any of you guys are looking for a date spot in Buenos Aires, Argentina? <laughs> uh, <laughs> if if anyone really cool... is, please, please just DM us or like email us or something like that. Like, <laughs> the there's a thing in the world. Yeah, really cool. Actually, it's one of the best meals I've ever had in my life. There's this really cool restaurant, though. It's like a closed door, invite only place. The guy used to be it went head of one of the biggest steakhouses in Argentina, and he quit because he went vegetarian and found it immoral to keep working and run steak. But he opened this like closed door mushroom restaurant. It's all mushroom based. And you like walk down these steps, like through like it looks like your industrial warehouse and opens up in this really cool downstairs space. It's like um, they have like this sealed environment where they cultivate all the mushrooms themselves uh, in their own courtyard every day and like cook them there fresh. I had this mushroom shawarma that was one of the best things I've eaten in my life. So fucking good. Like I ordered it. It's like one of those places you order like five plates and share them between two people. Yeah, I ordered like two extra servings of mushroom shawarma because I couldn't get enough of it. It was unreal. That's awesome. It was so good. I, I love yeah. those places, by the way. There's not enough of those in Columbus. I haven't really found a good like tapas no. style place in Columbus. 
There's not. I mean, Barcelona, I guess, is kind of like that. Have you been there? Yeah. I does that the, sh- the um the, the restaurant Barcelona? Yeah. I've not been there. No. Oh, it's really good. Yeah, yeah. It? It's okay. in German Village. Um, okay. The head sh- or the, one of the chefs left to start his own place. There's that um. Fuck. There's an Italian place on on um on seventh. Um, there's the an Italian place on. It's like. Oh, it's a little past Neil, a little a little closer to High okay. Street, past Neil Seventh. Okay. It's like right across the street from uh, Junior's Tacos. There's okay. a, and like near the um, eh, whatever you get the idea. I know there's a really cool Italian spot on that block. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, like the chef who owns the big Buckeye fan, but he used to be the sous chef at uh, Barcelona. Uh, if you're like an Ohio State beat writer, he probably knows your name uh, and will like hook you up with a free meal. <laughs> right. His name's Patrick. Very nice guy. Very very nice guy. Um, really good food too. Both of the spots I've been at, really, really good food. Um, anyway, that's a recommendation. The Italian place, I forget the name of, somewhere on seventh in between Neil and Hunter, um, is the name. Check it out. <laughs> this is Ryan's between, hot restaurant tips podcast. Yeah. yeah, if you're either in Columbus, Ohio, or Buenos Aires, Argentina, I have got you, got you set. Also, um, PJ's. If you guys have ever heard of PJ's, ooh, you guys ever heard of PJ's <laughs> gourmet sandwich place. <laughs> Um, all right, so hopefully the barrel used to go meet at midfield. <laughs> and then okay, let's process some kids. Let's process some players. All right. I'm I'm done with that. I, I appreciate what we have a we have a whole chart here that we've worked out. And I like I like this little gray area, which is like very much the you know, the the Urban Meyer, you gotta do something zone here. Uh-huh. Of of you've been here too long. If you're you're either doing something or you need to get the hell out. So yeah, this is the um, danger zone. This is like if you have not made a move yet, you better do it fast. <laughs> yeah, it's either except like apparently for Mitchell Milton, who they seem to love irrationally. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. But um, you know, we get to make the decisions here, not not uh, not the coaching staff. So we're, we're what's our target? Five? We, we want five guys gone. We got to get six off the roster, I think, because they're at the 89, roster. and I think they're taking two transfers. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday night, the 11th. On the 12th, there's a transfer from Maryland, Tank Booker, who's announcing his commitment. Um, he is a defensive tackle, I think is in. I forget his eligibility. Um, I can pull this up really quick here. Um, Tank Booker plays for Maryland. He's originally upset he went in Woods. Uh, let's see here. Um... The kid is sorry, totaling. Um, he has um, he has three years to play two, right? Okay. No, he has two years to play one. Okay. Two years to play one. So basically, he's a one and done. Yeah, he's a one yeah. and done. Um, unless I'm wrong, maybe he has two more. We'll find out. He has one or two years less eligibility. He's a defensive tackle from Winton Woods who went to Maryland. Uh, he's going to commit to Ohio State tomorrow, probably. He's going to be a rotational DT, be a top four guy, and play with uh, Tyleek Williams, he, um, uh, Mike Hall, and Ta- Ty Hamilton is the top four rotation guy. Um, so anyway, he's coming in, and I'm assuming, dear God, they have to land a tackle in the portal. So you can you can count on that. So <laughs> basically, between those two positions, they've got to take two guys in here. Which will put them at 91. So you get out of 85, they got to cut six guys. So um, 
we can get into this here. I think there's a very easy one I want to start with that I, I'm sure you are looking at as well. There are currently two kickers on scholarship. <laughs> I would bet a pretty penny there will not be in a few weeks. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Poor, yeah, I think I think uh, Jake Seibert is, uh, or is it Seibert? If you don't know how to pronounce the kicker's name when he's in his, what, third season, that's, that's bad news. It's that's not a good news. sign. Yeah. 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 Maybe that's on that's, me on uh, some level, but also it's on him because I, I should have known your name by now. So, um, yeah, yeah if you were any good, a, I know your name, that's but also the, the, the Parker Lewis kid, the, the transfer from USC has like been <laughs> like, is he alive? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't really know what's going on there either. Um, so my, one of them, you, you assume that one of them is going to be sticking around. Uh, either way, if, if it's Jake cyber, that's still not great news that we are uh, in his, I don't know. And they, they clearly were trying to recruit above him too, with, by bringing Parker Lewis in, in the first place. So I don't know. I, it just, that's not a great situation, but obviously one of those guys is gone. Yeah. Yeah. It has to happen. Um, that's an easy one. That puts us at five more. So basically, yeah, the kickers don't really count. So there's five besides the kickers got to get rid of. Um, Kevin, all you got to take the floor here and start. I just, I've been talking about all the intro stuff. Who have you been looking at? Do you have any kind of favorites you were trying to get rid of? Or, or how, do, how do you want to approach this conversation? So, so I think, I guess we can just go back and forth naming people. And if we disagree, we can, we can fight for it. But I don't, it's going to be hard to disagree on some of these names here. Um, the only thing that gets interesting here is I could easily, easily pick five guys from the offensive line alone, like easily. But the problem is you can't just get rid of five offensive linemen because they have to have like a unit of offensive linemen, allegedly. So um, you, you do have to kind of pick your spots here. I think like the easiest is Trey LaRue. I mentioned him at like the very beginning of the of the episode. Um, he is like the prototypical guy that you want to push out of your program. Um, has he played a snap at Ohio state yet? I don't, I don't know. He, if has, he has played like eight total snaps. I, I posted it somewhere. It's very little. It's like less than 10 snaps. I think if I recall correctly between him and Grant Tutant, who's the other guy in his class that we're also, I assume going to kick out here. The two of them have combined for like less than a dozen snaps after six combined years at Ohio state. Yeah. Um, come on. That's not great. Get fucking real. Get fucking real. Get get out of here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Grant Grant um, Tutant. Grant Tutant. I have my own beef with him. So he he was not good, by the way, to to start off with. I think he was maybe a top five hundred player. Um, but when I was doing, I had to do the graphics for like signing day for Eleven Warriors, and um, the graphics we made like they looked really good with all the players, um in in their ohio state uniforms like when they went and did the photo shoots right um because all the kids do the photo shoots um yeah and like i i made the graphics for it like I, it was all scarlet and gray all of them in like their future uniform whatever and it looked really cool because some of them chose black some of them chose white some of them chose red like super cool this motherfucker did not do a photo shoot in the ohio state uniform because he said quote it's a waste of time and so I'd made these like 25 <laughs> signing day graphics and this motherfucker is the only one who didn't do a photo shoot in the Ohio state uniform. So it's everyone in there like, 
Ohio State uniform and like him just like cheesing his like high school profile picture or something like that. And so he should have used that opportunity to wear the Ohio State uniform because that's the only time he would have done it in a meaningful way. So yeah, he's gone. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, gotta get him out of here. Uh, can't stand him. It, both those guys, they're just complete, complete faults of Greg Sudrawa. Like they are just the remnants of his problem. And also there are 18 scholarship offensive linemen, uh, you know, on the roster right now. Uh, and, and like, how many of them do we know? We think like four of them we know can play. And there's a lot of fat to be trimmed here. Like, like those guys have to go. And there might be another one, maybe another offensive lineman here. I think they probably won't try too much. This, um, God, there's no, this is going to sound horrible to say, but like, Look, a- Avery Henry yep. is dealing with I cancer. Gonna, I was going to say it too. Yeah, it, it, that's not yeah, even Avery, processing at this point. Like, I, I, you can't play when you're like. I, I would hope. I would hope he's offered a medical scholarship I'm, to stay on full scholarship. Ohio State have medical care the whole time, the entire I'm deal. I'm nearly certain that's what will happen. Nearly certain. I do wonder though if they'll give him a chance to come back from it. The problem is, like, it's call me insensitive for saying this. He never should have been offered in the first place, right? He never should have been at Ohio State. No, he's I, simply not an Ohio State caliber player. They offered him after a few misses in the cycle, and it's just like I, I, I do, I do think they will try to do as right by him as possible, um, and give him a chance if he wants it. Um, I think like it's a super uphill battle for him, even if he is able to like come back in you know a couple of years. Like by all accounts, it seems like his treatment's doing well, whatever. Um, like so, like I not like de- minimalizing that or anything, but um, I think just the nature like any injury or anything like that um when a guy who already it seemed was like under recruited and was facing an uphill battle to like you know crack the starting lineup is now missing you know years of development or seasons of development like that just it it doesn't bode well for him um especially at a position like offensive lineman where a lot of these guys are coming in and need like three years to develop before they're like playable and now he's just not really going to get that. So I don't know. Um, I, I am all in favor of giving him a chance and, um, you know, doing right by him and letting him, you know, come have a comeback if he wants to. But um, I would not be shocked at all to see him get medical and, uh, you know, but if you're medically, medically DQ'd like that, you can stay on scholarship. You can still... Um, for all intents and purposes, be part of the team if you would like to. Um, you can, you know, it's, it's essentially what Harry Miller did when he retired too. Yeah. Um, you can be yeah. around the team, whatever. Um, everyone's still going to support him, but I would not be shocked at all if that's what ended up happening there. Agreed. Agreed 100%. Um, I think that is about it on the offense, offensive line, right? Not the, yeah, offense, I mean, the offensive line. I mean, unfortunately, like, I, I don't think there's a lot of guys that, like, are never going to play, but, like, you do need players on the offensive line to like function as a team. So, um, yeah. And, and the other thing to be careful about too, like, like I think LaRue and Tutomic complete sense the process because they'll never play. They can't play. They suck. But you also, there's a couple guys you got to worry about who are like kind of getting pretty late in their careers and they may, you know, who are not going to start basically this year and they may have enough talent to look around and say, I want to transfer exactly. my own right to go start somewhere. The two guys in that danger zone for me are Enoch Vamahi and yeah. Ben Chrisman. Those are the two I'm looking at. Both guards, both clearly stuck behind, respectively, Matt Jones and uh, and Donovan Jackson. I think Ben Christman's a lot less likely because he has another year to wait. I mean, he'll basically be able to come into 
exactly the next season. And if he redshirts this year, which they could pretty easily do for him, I think, um, get him to play. He'll have three full years. Of, he could take Matt Jones's spot hypothetically. Yeah, yeah, you take Matt Jones's spot. Uh, Vamahi has two more years left. Like the, he has to play this year. He's done. But like the guy may get tired of waiting around. Yeah. Um, those guys would be worried about. I guess theoretically, if Jacob James lost the starting center battle to Carson Hensman, and Hensman now has all spring to kind of get ahead of him here, that yeah. would be a concern. James could run, but I don't think that will happen. I mean, I don't know. It could happen. I think James is going to be the starting center. Is my expectation when he comes back, but or it's going to be a battle. I don't know. It's not going to be Vic Cutler. It's, I'll tell you that. Um, yeah, I guess those are the three guys. The three guys in the danger zone who could transfer out on their own are James, Chrisman, and. Vamahi and the two guys I think you would definitely cut are LaRue and Toutant. Um, as long as you're at 15 scholarship guys here, you're fine. So you could lose four if you bring one in and be okay. Like that's yeah. a lot of over or turnover, but like I don't give a fuck. Like sign they're a big class. Gonna like, anyway. They're gonna sign, yeah, they're gonna sign six guys this year, and I think they're only gonna lose, like they're only guaranteed to lose two from the team in terms of like uh, attrition, in terms of Matt Jones, Donovan Jackson. So something will give. Yeah. Yeah. It's, that's, I agree. Um, but that you, you did mention that that is, that is the risk you run. If you start processing kids and other kids, uh, mention that they're, uh, leaving too, then suddenly you're losing, uh, several instead of the, the few that you were trying to push out. But, um, it is what it is. Um, I don't think the guys that you're trying to push out, were going to play in any realm of reality anyway. So, um, yeah, so yeah, I think agreed. I think that's that's a good start. Um, what else we thinking? I think the next place I would look is probably defensive tackle. Do, do you want to stay on offense first, or I guess do the question? We can, do you we can stay, on, we can stay on offense. We can stay on offense. Yeah, let's let's run the other positions really quick, just to kind of because I'll say this: quarterback. There's a mild like a I think a. 20% chance you lose Devin Brown in the spring, maybe less than that, maybe a 10% chance you lose Devin Brown after the spring. Yeah. If McCord's clearly ahead, I don't think that happens. I think if you're Brown, you stick it out, see if McCord stays healthy, see if you win the battle in the fall. It doesn't make sense to leave yet, but it yeah. could happen. It could happen. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think he will. Cause even like your worst case scenario too. I mean, like even if Kyle McCord wins the job, you're kind of in a scenario where he could maybe like be a one and done and then yeah you're all of a sudden like or he could get injured and then you're just threat like it has shit happens if you're the number two yeah. quarterback at ohio state that's like low-key a better scenario because he transferring after spring like he'd have to go and earn a spot like i just i don't think it benefits him to transfer so i don't yeah. i don't really i don't really see that happening um now the only scenario in my opinion where he transfers out is like a major program has a big time injury in the spring to a quarterback which is so rare to happen like that's so rare to a quarterback get hurt in the spring because of non-contact has to be a non-contact injury and that's like I, I, and basically it's a big enough program that he would be like okay i'll go start year one and take the job i just think it's not like it's it's and, and even then like maybe the kid at oregon ty thompson who's an also like similar recruit a little more experienced takes that job ahead of him so right. my read is uh Devin brown's here to stay i don't think that happens um now, you if Devin yeah. Brown wins the job, McCord, yeah, yeah, that that's that's but for Devin Brown one. to win the job in the spring is pretty unlikely, right? Like for I, him to I, be, I feel that way too. I feel like they're not going to name a starter in the spring. Uh, the starter is going to get named in, in fall, and I mean, at that point, you can't you can't transfer. So uh, yeah, 
I think just from like spring reports, like Kyle McCord has a hair, he's a hair ahead. Yeah. As with the experience edge. Yeah. Unless like Brown has to prove he's definitively better to take it. I think McCord's yeah. the natural successor. I think it's going to be, I think it's pretty easy ask. I think quarterback room is as is. Um, running back room, you definitely want all of these guys back. Yep. Is there any chance one of them looks around and says, fuck, five guys aren't getting carries. I need to get out of here. I'm worried about that. Yeah. I, I could see chip so so what's what's the deal with him? transferred what, it did that count as his one-time transfer because i thought it was no i guess it was the one-time transfer so i guess he might be but I does just, he, he has to play his grad transfer now right he could he could I don't, I don't really i like admittedly i don't know the specifics of his situation if he is Same. able if he is able to transfer um academically like as a grad transfer or something like that he is the one that would you know interest me because i feel like he could go a lot of places and get a lot more carries than he's going to get at ohio state this season yeah um i, I don't also, i don't have if i'm chip if i'm chips yeah sorry go ahead i was just going to say like i don't i don't see um mayan williams and trevion henderson are the two that like would make sense based on like the number of years they have left and they're not going anywhere they wouldn't have both come back to ohio state like they would have transferred already if they were going to transfer um and i think yeah. they already had that conversation with Travion Henderson. Like he could have gone. Mayan Williams wasn't going anywhere. He's coming back to Ohio state. Um, maybe Evan Pryor is another one that could be interesting. Um, Dallin Hayden to me, he's too young. I feel like he has too much of an opportunity ahead of him, but chip, if he gets a chance, I, I would not be shocked. Yeah. I mean, and also I'll say this too, if I'm his advisor group, his family, whatever his, like crypto agent they all have now. And he has not gotten enough credits to graduate yet by the end of the spring. I think he is fucking crazy. Like, yeah. If you're his family, you have to put him in a position to say, hey, if there's a certain job open, go take it. Right. Like that's gotta be, you know, for, for I mean, him it's shit. not even like that's... a starting job, too. It's like if you're like one of the top two running backs at anywhere, like that's a better the situation than bit. now. Yeah. Because yeah. like I, I just I think that he's going to be no higher than fourth. He might be fifth on the depth chart. Um, yeah, because like, I, like I just, but I think it might be such a hot hand year where it's just like whoever's healthy. Like I, I just uh, it's going to be a weird year. I, I, I am honestly it's not talking about enough right now. Maybe we should do more on this soon. I don't know what to expect at running back at all. This year. I. I have no idea. Like I think obviously Trey Henderson like was. The narrative around him is so insane. Like, so, um, you know, at one point, I think he was overrated by Ohio State fans deeply. Like, I think, I don't know. There's talk around him. Like, they were talking like, uh, like he's B. John Robinson or something. It's like, come on. Like, he's a fast running back who had some good holes in year, like year one. But right. the guy, I'm not trying to be a dick here, but like, he's not like a top 30 running back prospect the way, like, a lot, you know, Saquon Barkley or, or B. John Robinson right. were. Yeah, yeah, Um, He's not a slam dunk guy, but he's very good. Right. And he's going to be healthy theoretically. Maya Williams is the most, you know, is the most physical back in the team. Brings an edge that everyone seems to like playing with. Chip and Dallin Hayden, when called upon, played very well. They simply, you know, they do the things that the top two guys don't do all the time, which is execute the fucking plays and hit the hole you're supposed to hit, which yeah. is nice. And Aaron Pryor is the only guy in this in the backfield has a unique skill set in terms of being a pass catcher. Right. But the team didn't throw the running backs at all last year. Like, will they do that this year? I don't know. Like, right. You any one of these guys, you could tell me. I think except like Chop. I think Chop is clearly going to stay here. And it seems like Trey publicly confirmed he will too. If any of the other three transferred out, I wouldn't be that shocked. Same. Yeah, same. But I hope I, they I don't. Think I hope they all. Yeah. That's that's the thing is like is purely purely from a fan perspective, like 
you want all five of these guys here. Because, I mean, you saw it happen last year. Like, last year you thought you had, like, a, a running back stable, too. And then Pryor got hurt before the season started. And then, you know, obviously Mayan and Travion got hurt throughout the season. Um, and you ended up with a true freshman and a converted linebacker. So, um, yep. I, I just, you you don't want that situation anymore. Um, but again, like, I, I wouldn't blame them and I wouldn't be shocked if anybody started looking around. Uh, I don't know. It, it, it would suck. I think if I had to name somebody who would transfer in order, it would probably be Trip, Chip, then Evan Pryor. Yeah, that sounds about right to me. Um, Obviously, okay. we're not, we're not so, processing anybody from that group, though. Yeah. So what I'm going to do here is I'm keeping notes. I probably should start this in the top, but I'm going to start notes for us to look at here uh, of processing guys uh, and then also potential transfer on their own candidates. Um, and we'll get to our number here. Uh, good. Okay, so that's that's quarterback and running back. Receiver, let's start with tight end. Tight end's pretty easy, I think. No, right? No one from tight end's going. Too many injuries yeah. here. Not no one, no one proven. Six yeah. guys. I mean, I guess Kate Stover's proven, but no one behind Kate is proven. They write t- they run two tight ends a lot. Six tight ends for two spots is pretty reasonable. Maybe Sam Hart looks or, or, G, or G Scott looks around as like, hey, I've been hanging out for a while now. I'm probably behind Joe Royer. Let me take even a shot that, at this, but even then, I don't know. Yeah, because I mean, you're if you're behind Joe Royer, like that doesn't functionally matter as long as you're ahead of the next guy. So like. G Scott and Sam Hart are going to be one of them's going to transfer next year, in my opinion, I think is what's going to yes. happen. Um, but if maybe you're behind Joe Royer, like that doesn't matter. Cade Stover is going to be gone. And then you're going to have um, essentially a, a season left to be a starter at Ohio State. And like, I think that's more than enough to get you to do whatever you want to do. So um, I, I, I don't I don't think that's an issue. I think they're all going to stay. Um they kind of lucked out with not having a uh, guy in a class behind Sam Hart. So um, at least eligibility wise. So um, <clears throat> yeah, I think, I think that's, that's pretty cut and dry there. You're not, at least you're not going to process anybody. And I don't really think anybody's going to look around at leaving. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'm pretty much on the same page with you. Um, yeah. May, again, maybe Sam or G if like, if Joe Royer really kicks her ass in spring ball and is like very clearly number two, maybe one of those two guys says, or like you said, even then it's the third guy probably stays, but if it's like, if you're the, if like, if, if G and, and Joe Royer are both clearly ahead of Sam Hart, yep. then maybe Sam Hart's like, ah, I'll take a look at somewhere else. Yeah. But I, I could, think, I think it's, I could also see G, um, maybe wanting, well, maybe that, oh. but also like he, well, I mean, I, I could see that, but he also is, um, has a more unique skill set is like a pass catcher. I mean, he was a wide receiver coming out of high school and he might want to go somewhere that's like going to use him more as a pass catcher, like all else equal. If he's just going to sit the bench anyway, he could go somewhere else and be like a a wide receiver, like tight end hybrid anywhere else. So um, I don't know. I, that wouldn't shock me, but I don't see it. I don't think it's going to happen. And that's, they're certainly not going to process any of those players. Yeah. And if you remember too, like if you're looking for like guy who transfers out for his next role, it's almost always the higher ranked recruit, right? It's almost always the guy who has some like athletic juice for some coaching staff to convince themselves. Yeah. Uh, maybe, maybe we can fix him in a bigger role. Maybe more targets help him get back on pace, whatever. Yeah. I think basically G is the guy you got to worry about hard. I mean, I don't know, like again, if he's totally buried behind other guys, one of the younger guys passes him if Jelani or, or, or uh, Bennett passes him very quickly. 
yeah, but I agree. They're not going to cross anybody 100%. Um, all right, so wide receiver, a big position group here. Um, I mean, this is, a, this is a fun one to me. This is kind of tricky. There's been a lot of dialogue this spring about like, oh, we have to get playing time for so-and-so. That so-and-so is usually Jaden Ballard. Yeah. What if he doesn't? What if he doesn't get playing time? Yeah. I just, I don't think that's going to happen this year. I, I think, I think I could see it next year. I mean, he's still got three years to play three. Um, I just like, I don't think this is the year where he starts to look around. I could see next year if he doesn't get on the field this year. Like that's one of those where he's like almost certainly gone. Um, but I think that he's kind of in that zone where, I mean, you look at the guys that are ahead of him. You've got Marvin, Emeka, and Julian Fleming. Like, there's a very real chance that all three of those guys are gone. And if you're the fourth yeah. receiver, and to X those is guys, maybe ahead of him too, and will be gone. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And and so if 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 you're the fourth or fifth receiver behind all of those guys, like you're kind of sitting pretty, and it doesn't really matter if you're not like a starter this year. So I don't think he's gone. Um, I would be. It's really early, but this has not stopped people before. We we talked about this even last pod. All of the guys sandwiched in the middle here between the current true freshmen and um, the older guys, like the Caleb Browns, the Caleb Burtons, the Keon Grays, and the Kojo Antwees. Like all of those guys, I don't have a specific guy that I can be like, he's going to transfer. But I would not be shocked if one or two of those guys just kind of looked around and saw like, oh, you know, Carnell Tate, he probably passed me already, and he's not even the best receiver in this class or the class behind. Like, I, I just, I feel like some of those guys could just read the tea leaves and uh, look for an opportunity um, somewhere else. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the easy one to say is Caleb Burton, right? Like, Caleb Burton's been injured already. He's injured again right now. He was the guy who was injured a senior year of high school and fell on the rankings because of that. Like... I mean, they have one of the, how many guys they have at receiver? It's, um, a lot. they got 13 dudes at receiver for, for three to four spots to play. I think they, they, Caleb Burton is the number one guy I put on high alert. Um, but like you said, in terms of looking on their own, like any of any, honestly, any of those four guys could go. And I would not I be shocked. Shock any all. of those four, if any or all of those four names, I guess if all of them were going to be pretty surprising. But like, if three of those four guys go, I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah, I I tend, <laughs> like I me... tend to think I tend to think most of them will hang around for the same reason as Jaden Ballard. Um, like, yeah. they're all it, it's going to be open season for competing for spots next year. With yeah. especially if all of them go pro, like I think is very realistic. Julian Fleming maybe hangs around, but um, I think it's really realistic that you know the top four receivers could be gone. Um, so I, I, yeah. I think that maybe they hang around, but I wouldn't be shocked if they just kind of got ahead of the game and, you know, saw, saw the way things were trending and hot. Yeah. But again, you're not going to yeah. process any of these guys. Right. And, and there's not, except Burton, maybe, maybe you yeah. Think, if you think about Burton with him being, yeah. But like, if you really need a spot, basically, if you, I mean, we're going to have some more guys to get through here, but like, I think you think about Burton, um, it seems like he's also not living up to expectations in terms of. Just in terms of ability when he's been healthy. So we'll see. I mean, if you look at just last year, you had three of the four freshmen got snaps uh, on the season. Uh, Caleb Brown and Coach Antwi got 27 apiece, and Keon Gray's got 13. Uh, Burton didn't play a snap. So read is that what you will? I mean, I, I, I think there's a chance it's Burton. 
Um, I don't know. That's um, but I think on transfer on their own, it could. I think you said it could be any of those guys. I think maybe maybe probably not. I guess I, I here's what I'd say is you're going to lose a receiver. I think you will lose at least one receiver from this group. I don't know who it is. It's hard to predict anybody, but I think one of them's gone. I could see that. Yeah. Is that unfair? I, yeah. No, I, I I think that's fair. I think that's fair, especially just with the way the portal is. Um. Yeah. I I the only thing is like now that you have um kind of a like a, a one-time transfer i wouldn't be totally shocked to see them essentially save it because i think it makes more sense to transfer in the previous transfer window than it does in the spring transfer window unless maybe you're trying to yeah. go and start somewhere but like if you're a young receiver i think it almost makes more sense to transfer in the like a young player it makes more sense to transfer um and then the the postseason window rather than the spring window so Agreed. that's the only thing yeah because it's not like receiver jobs like oh like you know like, like the receivers a, a, a platoon position and it's like pretty rare it's like oh like this open tackle job or this open quarterback job opened up because of injury like let me go transfer exactly. here doesn't really happen a lot yeah so yeah, and 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 like again it's one of those where like i mean like julian fleming or something like that he's been in like he's a seasoned guy like he's a college player he's proven himself as a college player he's going to be able to walk if he decided to transfer i'm not like speculating anything but like if he decided to transfer he could be a day one starter literally anywhere else none of these guys are like gonna go and be guaranteed to be a day one starter at like any power five program like that's just not gonna happen so that's why yeah. i would i would caution like i i don't i wouldn't give them advice i would not advise any of them transfer in the spring Agreed. Agreed. Um, I'll be all selfishly agreed. <laughs> but <laughs> I think the best case scenario here is you process Burton, keep the rest around. Or even, I mean, I think Burton, like, I mean, the ship sailed, dude. I don't know. It's like, it's crazy to say after his first year, like the yeah. spring after his first year. But that's how quick it happens, happen. though. A wide receiver. That's yeah. how quick it happens. And they know what they signed up for. Yep. And I mean, like, especially when Carnell Tate comes in and does what he does. Like, exactly. Carnell Tate might be, might beat Jaden Ballard for snaps. And this guy's yeah. in year three uh and when like has like a unique skill set like <laughs> like you gotta worry about yourself standing out but i mean there's other shit like but yeah it's it's um um and brandon Innes isn't even yeah. on campus yet like yeah so. yeah exactly exactly and the guys coming next year are better than these guys right. like right. like <laughs> that's the, that's the thing you say it's open season which is true but um you better like I'll say this if you're if you're these group of the 2021 guys right or 20 2022 guys 2022 guys which is again Burton Brown Graves Ant White um like you better one of you better send out from the others because the rest of you are food like Cardell's coming for you Ennis is coming for you Noah Rogers is not a slouch at all Jeremiah Smith is coming for you Mylon Graham's coming for you like if you are not the top dog in your class clearly the rest of them will transfer whoever the top guy in that class I think will stick around I think the rest are gone after like after the the season that's my honest opinion um all right let's go to the defense here a really quick recap of the offense here for the processing notes uh we have none a quarterback running back or tight end we are both agreeing to process the ruin to taunt we don't want to call Henry a processing thing but maybe Avery Henry um and maybe Caleb Burton at wide receiver so two for sure two maybes guys that could transfer on their own small risk of quarterback of one of the two potential starters probably not um anyone except chop or Trey could transfer at running back we think but just one the most likely is, yeah but just one of them won't be multiples 
Um, wide receiver, anyone in the 2022 class was four guys we just talked about extensively could leave. Um, but again, probably not. Um, tight end, uh, we're worried about Sam Hart or G. Scott could be gone. And oh, offensive line, uh, Enoch Ramahi, Ben Crispin, and Jacob James are all potential transfer risks. Um, that's the run. And also, we're, we're frosting a kicker too, just to remember that. Um, yeah. So that's kind of our rundown so far. Defensive line, we're in there next. You want to do what do you want to start with? Defensive line, secondary. What are you thinking? We we can do defensive line. Um, okay. So I don't like. There's not a lot that you can do on the defensive end because you. I mean, either they're really young, uh, or they're Jack Sawyer and JT Tuomaloa, and that's just not going to happen. Um, I think if you go to defensive tackle. The only one that really makes sense is Jaden McKenzie. Yeah, I mean, that's the thing about defensive tackle. I agree with that, but the fact Jaden McKenzie can't play, he's never going to play. He sucks, yada yada. Like that's I think fairly established. He's really bad. But <laughs> the thing that I guess makes gives me pause for a second is if they're already looking. Like basically, they think the young guys there. One, they don't have enough bodies, right? So, like behind yeah. the top three we talked about of uh, Tyleek, Ty, and Mike, you only have Hiro Kanu, who played one year of American high school football before coming to Ohio State. Uh, and you have Caden McDonald, Will Smith, who are true freshmen. Both of them are like not top 300 players in the country. Although yeah. I think the staffs are a bit higher on both those guys than they are in the recruiting services, are, but yeah. they always say that. And then maybe Jason Moore in a pinch uh, could play inside. So you don't really have a lot of depth. I know it sounds like I just said eight guys, but like <laughs> it's defensive tackle. They're big boys. You don't know. You know that three of them are pretty good. And you have like five others who either one of them you think is bad and four others you don't really know about. And you, if you bring in tank booker, that helps. Yeah. But like, I could see them choosing to shed. They're not going to process. And the only guy that could get processed is Jaden McKenzie. And I don't think anyone below is going to transfer. But the fact they're bringing in uh, this outside guy, Tank Booker, tells yeah. me they probably don't want to sacrifice too much. Maybe McKenzie or, gets processed. Yeah. Or that tells that me that they think Jaden McKenzie is leaving. Fair enough. Because I think that's. Play where? Fucking Stony Brook? Yeah, I don't know, man. But. <laughs> I just like he, that is that is the one where like it could be like a mutual decision where they're not going to process him, but like they might not process him, but like they're certainly not going to stop him from leaving. And he clearly is never going to play any meaningful snaps and he might just, you know. Yeah, he's got a degree too, I believe. Like, yeah, yeah. Go, go get a job, son. <laughs> yeah, so I, I don't know. I don't know. I, and, and part of this is hard, too, because it's like some of these guys might be perfectly content just like being the third string, fourth string defensive tackle or, you know, at their position at Ohio state. And um, right. depending on how Ohio state is making these decisions, like maybe he's cool with just like being a cheerleader on the <laughs> sideline or like being a practice player or something like that. Like, I don't know. And that, that's cool. Like there's, there's guys who like, that's their role. Like Chris Chuganov did that for, you know, two years. Like I, it's, it's definitely like a thing that you could do. Um, and it's just hard to know like what the mentality is. Like, did he come to Ohio state to play or did he come to be a part of, you know, Ohio state? So. I don't yeah. Know, I mean, it's a, it's a valid answer. And I think McKenzie, like McKenzie seems to be to fit like the, the trailer, the trailer, Grant to camp, which is like, just happy to be here. 
Yeah. Um, <laughs> like probably should have been offered in the first place. Yeah. Happy to be here. Yada, yada. But um, defensive end, defensive end is a pretty clear picture right now, right? You clearly have JT and Jack as the top two. Yep. Dominate snaps. It seems like the clear next two are very obviously Kane Curry and Kenyatta Jackson right now. Kenyatta Jackson's allegedly taken a huge leap during spring ball. Kane Curry was the, was the guy behind those two last year. Besides those two, Jack, besides those two, Jack, Zach Harrison rather. Um, so you have a top two and a clear next two. And you have Amaria Bohr has been injured pretty much on and off. And then two freshmen, uh, Joshua Mickens and Jason Moore is again, kind of like a flex. He's like a, yeah. he's like what you call a base end and like a three, four in the NFL, but I don't know. He might be an end. In it. I don't know what he is in college. Um, so they're pretty thin on numbers here in the first place. I'd like to rotate this here as well. They are not, in my opinion, not going to process anyone. They want to keep everyone here. No way. And they don't want anyone to transfer. They're going to beg all these guys to stay. But like, the, I think the one guy who could run is Amari Abor. I could see it, but also like I don't I don't know where he would run to. And that's the sort of thing where like I think JT and uh Jack are both gone after this season. And so again, like that just opens things up so much for yeah, anybody who's sitting behind it. And it doesn't really matter how Amaria Boris played up to this point or what he's missed or anything like that. Like he's gonna have a shot after this season. So um I, I think yeah. I think everybody sticks around. Yeah, fair enough. I think I agree there. So I think the only guy we're talking about here is maybe Jaden McKenzie getting processed um, and no one else. We'll, we'll make final calls and stuff at the end. We kind of sort of outline the positions now. Yeah. Um, we'll, we'll, each give our, we'll each give our six at the end of this. Um, okay, linebacker. Uh, the players here, you have Tommy Eichenberg, Seal Chambers, Cody Simon, Mitchell Melton, Reed Carrico, Gabe Powers, CJ Hicks, and Arbel Reese. Um, something worth noting here is that based on the the power struggle that's ongoing between Larry Johnson and Jim Knowles, <laughs> it's basically been determined that the Jack would no longer come for defensive end. So all the linebackers also took, like all the Jack positions are coming from the linebacker room now. So this has basically become a three position room once again, just or two and a half position room. Yeah. Um, so you only have eight guys in scholarship here. I'll go ahead and say they're not, they don't want to process anybody. Yeah. That's that's kind of my read too. I think this is just going to come down to, um, and you know this this might be a little gamesmanship here because we've been getting super pissed about um, Cody Simon and Mitchell Mountain and stuff like that, just like hanging around when it's like holy shit, like we know who you are, sort of thing. I yeah. wouldn't be shocked. Mitchell, if it's a little, what sorry, the say? Mitchell Melton thing? Mitchell Melton thing. He's not just hanging around. The guy seems to get a, an ACL tear every other week. And they're talking about him like he's Jesus Christ. Have you actually seen him practice? Hasn't he been hurt every week he's been here? Like, they all say they love him. Like, oh, he's a perfect Jack. How do you know that? Has he practiced in the last two years? <laughs> yeah. Like, there's always the last those time guys, though. There's always those guys that, like, everybody just insists that they're awesome. And then, like, you're like, but we've never, we've never, like, functionally seen that. Like, uh, the, I think the one that always sticks out to me was um, Noah Brown. Like for like oh, years, yeah. everyone insisted that he was awesome. And it's like, I have no idea because I've never seen it. And then he was, yeah. he was pretty good for a game against Oklahoma. He was awesome. He had one awesome game. Yeah, and he got, he's one played in the NFL for like five yeah. years off that game. Yeah, yeah. That that one game got him drafted. But like that yeah. that was a, that was a good one. And like they, they hey, right give him this it. too. He can block like a motherfucker. Give yes. Noah Brown this. That dude can that put guy his hands on someone. He will too. bury you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so um, so that like that's that's kind of what like to a lesser degree they're not talking about him in the same way that like they were talking about Noah Brown. Like everybody was talking about Noah Brown. Like he was like unguardable for like years. Yeah. And he just like had two separate leg breaks, whatever. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that, that's what it reminds me of. Is like I've never seen this, but I 
guess I'll believe you. I think the difference is like, I'm cynical this time. And I'm like, there's no way, like, there's no way, you know, this, like, there's no way you've seen enough of him play to know that he's like going to pencil in, but I would not be shocked if that is gamesmanship to keep both of them from transferring because they do suddenly need bodies at linebacker after that position was supposed to be a two-man position and they have sort of suddenly need bodies. So, um, I don't know. I, um, yeah. So the only guy I could think of transferring his own, again, they want to keep all these guys. Clearly they want to keep all these guys around. I wonder if Reed Carrico could kind of like yeah. read the tea leaves I was and say, I'm not a Jack. I'm behind the top three guys right now at, like behind, I'm behind the top four guys. Basically, CJ Hicks, Cody Simon, Tommy Eichenberg, and Steel Chambers are all ahead of me at middle linebacker. Gabe Powers might um, be coming. I think Gabe. It's crazy to me that I thought about him as a guy who's practicing at Jack. Practicing is either there, but not Gabe. Gabe is big. Like Gabe is yeah. long armed and big. He should be practicing at Jack. That's actually kind of crazy to me that he's not. But I think Gabe Powers is probably better than Reed too. Reed just might be a guy who takes a leap somewhere else. But he's also an Ohio kid who grew up like he jumped at Ohio State offer immediately right. when he got it. Like I also he, think he's, he's good. He's a, he was a good high school player. It's really hard. He, the thing we like to think about is like these, some of these guys, they don't all come from equal backgrounds, right? Like Reed Carrico was playing like what division six football down yeah. in Ireton down there. Uh, oh, that was a Pittsburgh. Did you hear me say that in the Pittsburgh accent? Ireton. <laughs> oh, fuck me. I love that. Uh, <laughs> Ironton. Yeah. He was down there down the river down Ireton. And, and uh, he was, I mean, playing like, you know, kids who were five foot seven, 130 pounds soaking wet. Like the guy didn't have a lot of, yeah. practice playing ball before playing ball at a high level before he got to Ohio state. It's the same thing with hero Kano, right? Hero Kano is going to year two. They're like, Oh right. man, like what does it mean that if we're bringing a transfer over hero Kano? It means he played one year of high school football right? <laughs> and like he's from Germany. Like, right. <laughs> like he's a longer well, learning curve. I think same thing with Reed Carrico. Exactly. And I think that's the, like we, people talk about like Ohio state taking Ohio kids and like they want Ohio state to like reach for some Ohio kids and stuff like that. Reed Carrico is the perfect definition of guys that you do that for. Like, you don't know. You give him a chance to develop. Like, it's the team that he grew up rooting for. You don't do it with Trey LaRue or Jacob James or Grant yeah. Tutant. Like, at, Grant Lineman. Tutant wasn't Yeah, you don't do it with Lyman. Right, yeah. No, no, Jacob James was Jacob James also played at Elder. He was at a big-time program. Um, yeah, that's true. But Tra- that's Trey true. LaRue was your time. But Trey LaRue played small school football in the middle of nowhere and also wasn't even that fucking good. Right. Like, sorry to go back to this before. The fact that Trey LaRue was ever offered as an in-state kid they could have seen a thousand times drives me insane it's one of the most nonsense offers of all time even even like so like his comp i guess is dewan jones because like like player rankings wise even though trailer route like he's still weight rated lower than dewan jones but the thing with dewan jones 43rd like, ranked player in ohio we'll point that out really quick yeah i i don't remember you can look up what dewan jones was too but to me he that's low, even yeah. different because dewan jones they added late in the cycle and he was like super late in the cycle and he was kind of one of those that's like, he's a physical freak. We're just going to kind of see what happens here, which is fine. You know, like sometimes that works. Sometimes it doesn't. And you can afford to play it when you're just like adding this guy to your roster. Like he's six, six, 300 something pounds and like was an incredible basketball player. Like that's fine. Go for it. That's not what Trey LaRue was. Like he was immediately when they're getting there, they're talking about like cutting weight and getting him in shape and shit like that. Like, I don't know that we don't need to go back. Like we've already talked about how we want to process him, but um, all that to say is like, that's just not the same thing is Reed Carrico. Um, I think they would love to have him stay and like 
they're happy to let him still develop when he's got three years to play three. Like he's has a red yeah. shirt and he's still got. Three I mean, years uh, to play let me just say something really quick here, though. I want to point out, like you know, like Dewan Jones, Athletic Free, he could dunk a basketball. I don't think Shrey Larue could dunk on a garbage can. Uh, <laughs> is not, I just I, I want I, I don't want to you know disagree with you too hard here. Like I, he he is big, yeah. He is not an athletic freak. That to me is like, dude. That that drives me fucking insane. Um, and, and you know, like they also had a couple kids in state who to me were clearly like better players at the same position, and. The Branson Taylor, who who came out of, uh, was also out of Ohio. He played at Elyria, if I recall correctly. He was a top 500 recruit, nothing special, but offensive tackle, 6'6", 290, much better tackle body. It's going to be a starting left tackle for Pitt, who's had a very good offensive line for like three years in a row. Like that is obviously kid you should have offered. And just fucking Greg's job being a lazy moron. It's just the thing that, oh my God. Well, yep. Sorry, I, I just get, still get so angry about it. Having that guy on the roster alone, the correct eval of Branson Taylor instead of Trey LaRue changes the outlook of the offensive line for the entire season. The whole thing looks different. Yeah. No, I, I don't disagree with you. I think that that was... It's the thing that, like, at the time, it was, like, a head-scratching. It's not even, like, in hindsight. It's like, oh, maybe we should yeah. have taken this guy. It's like, literally, like, everybody online, when he committed, like, you could go pull up the... 11 warriors comment section oh i was mean about it i almost got in trouble with my boss when i was working land of 10 like i was like i was like what the fuck (laughs) then like there's obviously the like oh we're gonna trust the coaches on this one but like when when somebody commits when somebody commits in the comments the best thing that people can say is trust the coaches that means that guy fucking sucks (laughs) every time every time like the number of like here's you trust the coaches on a guy who like has a dominant camp performance in June or something like that. Yeah. Like I saw Trey, I was at those camps. I, I was still covering recruiting back then. I saw Trey LaRue in June. I saw him at, at the Nike camp was held at Maslin, Ohio. I saw him get his ass whipped by like eight reps in a row, like a six foot one, 270 pound Ohio defensive end who probably went to go ahead and play like division two football somewhere. Uh, the kid could never play. He it's insane. He was here. Anyway, back to get linebacker, process nobody, maybe Reed Carrico leaves. Do you worry Gabe? I don't think Gabe Powers would leave. I think it's too early in his his process. I think he's going to stick it out, especially because so, the, the top two to three guys that be gone after this year. So I think he'll stick around. I they like him a lot. Carrico, I'm worried, could, could make a decision to leave. I hope he doesn't. I think he sticks around, but it could happen. He still has three full years of eligibility left. Like after this year, he has two more years left. So maybe not the year to do it right now, but it could happen. Um, all right, we're on to corner. Um, uh, we are on to corner. They have seven guys at corner. Uh, they have the returning guys of Denzel Burke, returning starter, returning rotation player, Jordan Hancock, incoming freshman All-American transfer, Davison Igbidason. Uh, They have Jair Brown, who played a good bit last year. Uh, Ryan Turner was the same recruiting class as Jair Brown, um, did not play nearly as much. And then you have Kelvin Simpson Hunt and Jermaine Matthews coming in as true freshmen. Uh, I think easy, quick answer for me here. No one goes like maybe no Ryan Turner chooses to transfer out because he's going to get passed up. Like he's behind. He's the clear fifth guy on the team, right? But he's also been having some good practice allegedly, but being the fifth corner, I don't know, year two probably doesn't leave, but he thinks about it. Yeah. I think this is one of those that's like, 
it's it's kind of a, it's it's a similar situation to like the wide receivers and like defensive end where it's like we're a couple a year maybe two years before the attrition really happens because Denzel Burke, Jordan Hancock are going to leave one way or another after this year. You know, like if Jordan Hancock doesn't start this year, he's going to transfer out. Um, if he does start, there's a chance that he could jump to the NFL after this year. Or look, all what I'm saying is like the starting spots are not up for grabs yet, but they will be. And so that's yeah. what I I, I kind of think that these guys are going to wait around. Yeah, because Burke is gone. Yeah, and it's like you said, it's, it's almost like a three to four man rotation too, right? So like all you have to do is stay ahead of the two guys behind you and you're fine yep. for Ryan Turner because next year you're in the rotation and you're, you're having real reps. And even right. this year, one person gets hurt, you're in the mix. Exactly, so, which is not like it's it's football. Like somebody's going to get hurt. Happens all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Or even just like. You get a shot. Like, yeah. Lately, lately, like they've been doing the like, it seems like maintenance days off too. So like suddenly you could get like just put in the starting lineup because like. Denzel Burke's taking a game off or something like that and you get reps or, you know, it's just, it, I, I don't, I don't think this is a position where if I was one of these guys, I would be looking around and it's certainly not a position where you're going to process anybody. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, agreed. No processing. I think no movement. I, I think, uh, the only guy I'm worried about is Ryan Turner, but I think, you know, not a huge deal if he goes to, I really like these two true freshmen. I think you got the top four guys pretty solidified. Like it's not a, it's not an end of the world loss if you lose them, but you want to keep them. Uh, right. And I think you do. Safety, safety is a little more interesting here. Yeah. So you have, um, let's see, you've got six, nine, ten. There's ten guys on on scholarship here for these three safety spots. Um, you have Josh Proctor as the old man in his sixth year, who is apparently fucking starting at deep safety. He's uh, Lathan Rance. God damn it, dude! Yes, I think he's going to stay. Uh, Lathan Ransom was a surefire thing to stay, no question there. For sure. Two guys just transferred in who will stay because of that. Uh, Jihad, or sorry, one guy, Jihad Carter. Um, then you have Cameron Martinez is getting first team reps yeah, he's the, whole, the whole spring at nickel. He'll stay because um, no one else will take him. And then um, the guys, and obviously I think Sonny Styles and Kai Stokes are staying. I'd be, hmm, I'd be worried about Kai Stokes. Kai Stokes, right now, kind of getting jerked around right now. Yeah. I'm it's a little bit worried that he could he could take a shot and say, let me go start somewhere. I'll, I'll get a starting job somewhere else. I don't yeah. think it happens, but I'm nervous about it. Um, the three young guys that just came in, Malik Hardford, Jane Bob, Cedric Hawkins, they're all locked in. How about Court Williams? Um, yep. What are you thinking about Court Williams? I if, if there's anybody in the defensive backfield that transfers, it's going to be Court Williams. Um, I'd almost venture to say if there's anybody on the defense that transfers, it's going to be court Williams because he kind of fits the bill to me of a guy who's been on the team, been around the program enough, been around college football long enough that it seems somewhat realistic where he could like legitimately go and seek a starting role somewhere else with just fall camp is his, is his uh, practice. Like he could go to Cincinnati or, um, I don't, I don't know any of these teams like roster situations, like Cincinnati or like Kentucky or something like that. Um, or even smaller, like Toledo, go to the Mac or something like that and be guaranteed a starting role. Um, and I don't think that's the case for any of the other guys, but I think that he is yeah. the, I, I think that that's like the perfect spring transfer is the guy that is talented enough to almost start 
but just has people in front of him and is going to lose the job. And when he does lose the job, he's going to look elsewhere. And I think that like, that's, I, I would, I would think maybe Cody Simon could be in that too. If like he lost the yep. job to somebody behind him sort of thing. CJ, but, yeah, somebody. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah. CJ, CJ. Um, but I, I think court Williams and he is the most of like, listen, like he's not going to start. He's, he's just not going to. Um, right. They're not going to be able to convince him that he's going to start. They're not going to be able to convince he, him because he doesn't have a position. Yeah, exactly. They're not going to be able to convince him that he should start. There's not going to be. They're not going to be able to convince him that he's even next in line to start after some of these other guys go. And so I think that it might be, you know, the writing is on the wall. And if there's anyone on the defense, frankly, the entire defense that transfers, I think it's Court Williams. And also looking at it for two, it's like even if you were given position switch, give him a chance to play, it'd be the linebacker, which is arguably more crowded than safety. Like there, there's just no path. I don't see any path to the field for him. I just don't see it whatsoever. Yep. The the only mitigating factor that I would call out here is that he is was a team captain. And he is a guy that like loves Ohio State, was a huge recruiter for Ohio State. They loved him. But I think his position like his position's gone. He doesn't have a position here anymore. It yep. just like doesn't exist. And he still has two years to go start and go play somewhere. And you said like Mac, and that could happen. He could, the guy could go play somewhere in the power five. Like I I, I, sure. I think Court Williams has looked good when he's on the field. It's I just like that. Unless you're like, and like, look, if they wanted to, if Steel Chambers didn't exist or Steel Chambers was gone from this program and they were like looking for a guy alongside Tommy and it was like a, a three-man competition between Court, Cody, and CJ, I could see a world where Court was like putting speed on the field and playing well there. Like he should have moved to linebacker years ago, in my opinion. Yeah. But that ship has sailed. He's now bearing the depth chart. Does it have natural position because they're not going to play him at linebacker, even though I think they should? He has to move. Like he has to make a choice yeah. to move. Yeah, I I, um, I think that's and like the thing is for his like, own benefit. I, I want right. to stay and be captain. Yeah, right. We we talked about guys like Jaden McKenzie and like you know Trey Larue or something like that. That's like, well, maybe they just love Ohio State and they're gonna stay for that reason. Like that would not be smart for him because I feel like this is a guy that ha- could have a legitimate career anywhere else, like almost anywhere else. It's I don't want like it's not the same level as like a uh, Jamison Williams or something like that, but like. Um, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's one of those where like he is very clearly talented and very clearly should be playing or starting somewhere. And he's, it's just not going to happen at Ohio state. Yeah. Agreed. And I, I do wish the best for him. Like him going to play in a four, two, five defense somewhere makes a lot of sense. 100%. 100%. Um, I wonder if that Matt Campbell defense, we could fit for him. Um, yeah. they definitely need some talent there as well. He's a guy that like, I mean, the guy who's going to be a first-round pick this year, Drew Sanders, uh, was such a highly rated recruit when he went to Alabama, and then like he just happened to be behind like a bunch of other NFL draft picks. Ended up outplaying them. Good credit to him. But like you know, went to Alabama as a top a top twenty-five national recruit. Got you know was stuck for I think it was two years, and then or yeah, stuck for two years. Transferred to Arkansas. Absolutely balled the fuck out. Was an All-American. And then it's going to go be a, a, a top three pick in the NFL draft. And, and like, I think Court Williams is probably not quite that. He was a top like 170 recruit, not a top 50, not a top 25 recruit, but super talented kid, super physical, makes good plays in the ball, can really hit. Like, Court Williams can play ball, dude. The kid can go play somewhere. They just got to get him a spot where he can, where he can do that. I'm trying to remember who else he, I think when he was a recruit, his official visits, I'm looking at it right here. His official visits were, to he went to tennessee he went to penn state um he went to 
Oklahoma, and he went to Texas A&M. Those were his OBs. So, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to go play at one of those schools. That's a pretty good list right there. Right. But he had a lot of offers when he was in school. Uh, I mean, you know, he, he was a very highly rated recruit. Um, I mean, could very easily see him landing somewhere special. I don't know. Let's see. The kid had, what is it, 23 offers uh, come out of school, yeah. and they're all pretty much all power five because he was that good that fast. Yeah. So West Coast kid, I don't know, go play for UCLA, go play. I don't know who needs linebackers out there, but someone does, I'm sure. Yeah, it's just, it's it's one of those where he's just too good to be in the position that he is at Ohio State. And yeah. he, he needs Coach Prime? <laughs> yeah, right. That'd be fun. I'm sure he wouldn't say no. I'm rooting for him. I love Court. I, I was, too. I'm like, like the captain of the Court Williams fan club. Like I have had this kid, I was on Twitter screaming the last two seasons they should play him at linebacker <laughs> until they, yeah. until they figured out with Tommy this year. Um, yeah, I think it's just, dog. it's just, it's, yeah, it's an unfortunate situation for him. Like it's just, he is, he's too good to be where he is, but just the way that yeah. things are stacked up, he's just not, he's not going to get, he's not going to get on the field. So, um, all the best to him, but I would be stunned if he was on Ohio State's roster come fall. Agreed. Um, all right. So we should do our we should do our picks here for who we each think is leaving. I think we have just to cut a little bit short, maybe you know, kind of skip some time. I think there are four you and I absolutely agree on that we can get get this out of the way quick. Shrey LaRue, Grant Toutant, one of the two kickers uh, being processed, and Court Williams leaving out as well. We both agree on all those four, correct? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, so we have two more to go. You can pick. You want me to pick first? You want to go first? How do you want to do this? You want to you alternate? Can, you, can pick, you can pick first, and then I'll I'll grab somebody else. Okay. I think that Caleb Burton will be processed at the wide receiver room. Um, that is my pick for. That's my fifth guy. Who is your fifth guy? Riff it out. Talk through it. What are you thinking about? Yeah, I I just I was thinking. I, I feel like it's going to be one of the receivers, um, but I don't know. It's th- This is one of those where there's no like easy answer on who you process, but like I think a safe one would be a wide receiver. Um, so I, I guess I'll go Burton because he's the only one that makes sense. So he's he's my fifth too. Okay. Um, and then I can go first this time since you went cool. first. Snake draft. Time. Nice. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll snake draft it. Um, man. Um, I guess McKenzie. My my so my yeah. my thought my thought process here is like if you're already bringing in another defensive tackle to play over a guy who is in his like last two last two years of eligibility, like yeah. I that just doesn't bode well for him. And like I said, I think right. it could just be one and of the two partings of ways. Yeah, and he's already had four full years there, so they have he has the four year scholarship guarantee. He's gonna have his. He's already gotten degree. his four seasons. Those yep. are like the those are the peak people that they're just like, hey, you got your degree, that's what we owe you. Like, kind of, yeah, see you later, yeah. you know, sort of thing. So, <laughs> yeah. um, see down the road. He's, he's, he's mine. Yeah. He's my pick. Damn, we have the exact same six. That's convenient. Uh, I was also taking him. So I think they yeah they process a kicker, Mackenzie, Larue, Tutant, and Burton, and Court Williams leaves on his own. That is my that is my clear six. Maybe McKinsey leaves on his own. Maybe Burt leaves on his own. Maybe it's mutual. Who yeah. knows? Yeah. But those are the six we're going with. Official final answer: Trey Larue, Grant Toutant. Should we pick? Let's pick a kicker. Which one do you like better? <laughs> I don't. I haven't heard a thing about Parker Lewis, but 
I also, like I said, didn't even know how to say Jake Seibert's name after three years in the program. So um, I don't know. I, I don't think they would have brought in Parker Lewis if they felt good about Jake Seibert. So I yeah. think Jake Seibert's leaving. Okay, that's fair. Damn, the fact that we had three fucking kickers on scholarship last year is criminal. Or no, I guess Parker Lewis wasn't yet because he had that he was eligibility not, he was not, yet. He was not on scholarship. Is yet. he eligible now? Is he confirmed eligible? Uh, do we know that? Like if it's actually... Uh, oh yeah, he got world eligible during the season last year. Yeah, he did. Okay. Um, what the fuck, dude? Yeah. Um. So I, I know they technically brought him in to be like their kickoff specialist with... um. Uh, whoever the hell the kicker was last year. Who the hell was the kicker? Uh, the kicker last year was Noah Ruggles. Yeah. Legend. W- w- yeah, right. Okay. <laughs> but they brought him in to be, to be the kickoff specialist and then compete for the starting role after Ruggles was gone. Um, so, like, hypothetically, there's a chance that both of them are still on scholarship and there's two scholarship kickers for a second season in a row. Um, I don't no way. Think, I don't. I don't really think that's true. But um, there is a path to Parker Lewis being the kickoff specialist and Jake Seibert being the place kicker, the field goal kicker. Um, yeah. But I, that, that would be horrifying, but it's a possibility. But I I, I think Parker Lewis is going to end up being the, the full-time kicker. Huh. I'm also just learning. I didn't realize this at all. They also have a... Uh, dude, this is how little anyone pays attention to special teams. You know, obviously Parker Fleming's fault. You know, there was a different kicker who wasn't any of the three scholarship kickers who handled uh, kickoffs. There was another kicker. There was a fourth kicker involved in the kicking game who was not one of the three guys in scholarships. You know that? I had no fucking clue. Um, His name's Jaden Fielding. Um, he joined the program January of 2022. He was the number seven kicker in the class of 2022, according to Chris Saylor kicking. Uh, and he handled kickoffs for us, I think, for most of the season. Uh, he was rated as the number yeah, seven did. kicker in the class. Yeah. Um, What's wild is like, I remember Urban doing that with some like walk ons and stuff too. I just didn't hear about that at all. I guess that shows how little I paid attention to uh, special teams at all this year because I'm, I'm pulled up Dan Hope's snap counts and he, sure enough, notes that Fielding finished the year having handled every kickoff for Ohio State during the 2022 season. Had, shit. Had no maybe that guy should hang around. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Maybe so. I guess here's maybe. my answer. If you are the both these fuckers, get Seaver and Parker Lewis out of here and and get Jaden Fielding a job. Yeah. yeah. No, I agree with you. I think they'll get rid of the fact that Seabird they brought in Parker Lewis. Probably not great for Seabird, but also he's yeah. an Ohio kid. I don't know, dude. No, he's who gone. gives a fuck about Parker Lewis? He's good. Yeah. I don't. I truly. I gotta be honest. I fucking do not care. One of those two is gone. <laughs> get one of them out of my face. But I tell you what, we will be irate at Parker Fleming if both of them are on scholarship again. He he oh, somehow yeah. finds a way to weasel two scholarship kickers out of the 85. This could be a situation where like one of these guys, they just ask to pay his own way for a year. And it's like, hey, you've, you've had a pretty good run at Ohio State. Like <laughs> You can stay. <laughs> like just You can stay, but you, we're not putting you on scholarship. You better pay your own money. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, Jesus Christ, Jake Siebert. Like, what are we... <laughs> that's this is mean but he's uh again they recruited over him twice though like they brought in Ruggles to start over him he did and then they brought in Parker Lewis over him and he's going to start over him again so like I just I don't know that's it's got it's got to be him who leaves I'm stunned that he's still here frankly yeah Uh, maybe he was just I love this sentence something like that but (laughs) I love this sentence from his Ohio State overview in the profile 
Jake is in his third year of the program with four years of eligibility remaining. Uh, that was prior to last year. They haven't updated it since, but, uh, but yeah, that's really funny. Um, man, uh, Jesus Christ. Uh, what is the point of all this? I, I don't know. Um, I just, I hate, I hate bad roster management. Bad roster management makes me angrier than just about anything in life. Um, it, it's such a, it's such it's an, an abominable thing. thing. It's an easy thing to get it's... right, too. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I think, yeah. I think uh, that, that, that's my pick. It's got to be Parker Lewis. Well, we have to disagree on something. So I'll, you said Parker Lewis stays and, and Siebert goes, is your opinion? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll take the other. I'll just so you know, we won't get to one disagreement in the list. I will say that Parker Lewis goes and, uh, and Siebert stays. High stakes there. That is high stakes. Yeah. So that is our, that's our big bet. The other guys we have to clarify just one more time, Jade McKenzie, defensive tackle. We have Trailer Brooke, Grant Dutton, off the tackle. Caleb Burton, a wide receiver. And Court Williams, leaving on his own at safety. Those are yeah. our, I love those are our the, six. It's the opposite yeah. of a fantasy football draft. Like you're just picking yeah. guys that you do not want. <laughs> a nightmare football draft. Yeah, it's uh, a rever- this reverse is- snake draft year. Those are our nightmare blood rotation. Those six guys. <laughs> um, I think it's the right way to do it. I think that's the guys. I mean, you got to clear two spots because you better go get a fucking tackle, and you better, 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 better uh, bring in or not better. You're going to get defensive tackle tomorrow. Uh, I guess also if if we get to tomorrow and Tank Booker surprises us and does not come to Ohio State, then there's going to be a uh, only five. Well, then McKenzie just go. stays. Yeah. 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 Easy peasy. Um, cool, man. Well, any other notes for us before we get out of here? Anything you want to I say? I don't think so. I don't think so. Are any shout gonna... outs? Any kind of any... <laughs> shout outs? Uh, no, no, I don't. I don't think so. I've done this whole podcast with my wife next to me, so I guess shout out to her, but she nice. can't even hear me. Shout out to your wife. AirPods in. Yeah. Nice. What's she listening to? Can you ask her really quick? Mm, Taylor, what are you listening to? Are you listening to music? Are you listening to music? No, I'm listening to my. Oh, she's listening to a podcast. Which podcast? It's a. It. I, she told me it's a deeper than money podcast. It's about finances. So. Turn up. Fa- fast, like in a shocking turn of events, she found something less interesting to listen to than me talk on podcasts. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's tough. She says she looked very offended and said, "Financial literacy is important for all." That's so true. And that's actually, in fact, that's going to be our new sign-off with DJ God. <laughs> financial literacy is important for all go Bucks, and help us Michigan, on the way. <laughs> go Bucks, Michigan sucks, and financial literacy is important for all. <laughs>